We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Go, you Redbirds! Go, you Redbirds! On the battle, fight for ISU! Welcome to In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics Podcast. Now, here's the voice of the Redbirds, John Fitzgerald. Hi again, and welcome in to another edition of In the Nest, the official podcast of Illinois State University Athletics from Learfield. I'm John Fitzgerald. Today, we are talking Redbird Gymnastics as we are joined by Illinois State Hey, Coach Bob Conkling, Redbird Assistant Coach Megan Harrington, and sophomore Jay Mack, who is coming off a rookie campaign in which the Kansas City native became just the second Redbird in school history to qualify for the NCAA championships. Today's conversation is brought to you as always by Jason's Deli. Redbird fans, all good things start with wholesome ingredients. Visit Jason's Deli in Normal on Veterans Parkway today and receive free ice cream with every purchase. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And first of all, Coach, we'll start with you. 17th season about to embark here in Bloomington Normal. How has this program grown over your time since your arrival back in 05? You know, um, just thinking back of when I first started, recruiting's changed a lot. Um, you know, every day we get recruiting emails with links. And um, back then, things came on VHS. They came on DVDs. <laughs> so it, it was just a lot different recruiting-wise. And um, kids that I were looking at back then for, to come on the team, um, their abilities are not what they are right now. It's so much more difficult. The gymnastics is a lot more difficult than it was back then. 
Um, but, you know, I had a good team when I first started here. I kind of lucked out. But um, since then, it's just improved a little bit every single year, and that's been the goal. The specialization, I would think, across the country, and as a matter of fact, even nationally, has probably really increased the talent level quite a bit. And that's really mainly where you guys recruit from these days is the specialized clubs. Um, yeah, we we basically will take anybody that's really, really <laughs> good but and from anywhere. You know, we've had international kids, Canadian, a couple of kids from Spain. We've also had um, kids from the East Coast, West Coast. Um, Florida, quite a few Florida kids. Um, I spent a lot of time recruiting down there, um, and that paid off. So, yeah, it's from all over the place. And Coach Harrington, you're now in your fourth season of Bloomington Normal Native. You originally joined the staff as a GA back in 2018 after a very successful career at Bowling Green. Primarily, you're the beam coach and the choreographer for the program, but you're also heavily in charge of recruiting and this is a very different dynamic, I think, than people even realize in gymnastics. You have a 20-person roster of student-athletes. They represent 11 different states in one foreign country. Yeah, for sure. The different thing about recruiting now is that everyone is able to upload a video at their fingertips. You know, they have their phones, they record something in the gym, and it instantly goes on social media, and we get a text the next minute. Hey, I just caught this release move for the very first time, or check out this new tumbling pass I tried today. So we are constantly getting bombarded with new video, and it comes from everywhere because it's so easy to be able to, you know, upload that video and just send it to every college coach in the country. So maybe that kid in California, you know, might be sending it to us and we see it just like we were in their gym. So it's very easy to recruit from all over. And, you know, we're looking at talent. So if that kid comes from California, that's great. If that kid comes from up the road, that's great, too. You know, we look for their athletic ability and we don't really care where they come from. So that really, you know, is why we have such a diverse team that's from, you know, 11 different states and two countries. So... And Jay, we'll start with you going into your sophomore campaign here in 2023, an incredibly successful first year as a freshman, obviously becoming only the second Redbird to reach the NCAA championships. You were first team all-conference last year as well on the floor. But how did your recruitment pattern go coming from Kansas City, Missouri? I think um, recruiting is probably one of the toughest things in gymnastics. Um, a lot of ups and downs for sure. But I think when I first contacted Illinois State, it was I knew it was a place that I wanted to be. I loved the coaches. I loved the staff. I loved the girls and the team, and even Illinois. Um, it's very similar to my home. So, yeah, I love it here. And coaches, either one of you could probably take this. You talk about the fact of obviously seeing the film, getting the best from a talent standpoint, but there's also that dynamic of really being a good fit for the program. Kind of student athlete, you got not only want who's going to fit this program, but also the academic aspect. How do you begin to filter through that? Is it talent first and then work with the variables after that? Yeah, for sure. So we definitely can see when someone has the talent to join our program, and that's when we reach out to them and really start to get to know them on a deeper level. So, you know, we'll talk to them. We'll 
if we can try to go watch them wherever possible, you know, sometimes that's not always possible. Um, but if we can see their work ethic in the gym, you know, how they interact with their teammates, all those kind of things. And then we talk to their coaches and we kind of ask their coaches, you know, what type of athlete is this athlete? Is she the person that will always take that extra turn or is she trying to get out of things a little bit more? So, you know, their coaches are really good um, resource for us to be able to kind of figure out how they are as an athlete. And then when we talk to them over the phone, we talk to them over Zoom as a coaching staff. You know, we'll text them all the time if they're prompt with their responses, if they're getting back to us, if they're respectful. All those kind of things help us see the kind of person that they are and whether or not that's the kind of person we want on our team. And Jay, from a player standpoint, do you have an opportunity to meet many of the incoming recruits? And how is the team dynamic from a standpoint of you guys getting together and say, yes, she would be an excellent fit to our program or absolutely not, do not call her back? Yes, um, we love meeting the recruits. Um, I love even hosting them. And we've had a few in the past where we've taken them in and showed them around campus, um, had lunch with them. And that's just a great way to get to know the girls. And we ask tons of questions, you know, about their school, how they are in the gym, you know, just to get to know the person as a whole. And yeah, I love it. Now, when you recruit, obviously at the talent level you are, and on a nationwide basis with the teams that you compete against to have a number of Olympians on their rosters, you're bringing in the best of the best. In doing so, oftentimes, fitting the best of the best into a team construct becomes very difficult. And I think that's probably where one of the biggest challenges comes into play is that team versus individual performance aspect. Individual performances help the team, yet at the same time, it is a team sport. How do you go about kind of feeding that mantra from the day they get on campus? You know, we talk to the athletes when they come in and we let them know that it's different than club. You know, it's all about the team here. Um, we also let them know that, you know, they have to make the lineup. They have to be in that top six. And if they want to compete that event, it's not like club where they compete at whether they're doing good on that event or not. They have to be doing good in practice. We have to know that they're hitting their routines to make lineup. And I think that's probably one of the biggest differences. And I, I don't think the freshmen really quite get that until we get to competition. And then they realize, wow, you know, um, there's a couple injured kids. I should have been training that event harder. You know, they kind of feel themselves out. Will I make lineup? Will I not? They kind of put themselves wherever they think they are. And then all of a sudden we need them and maybe they didn't train that event very hard. And it's like, oh, well, too bad. Somebody else is going to take that spot. And you, if you would have trained a little harder on that event, you would have been in that spot. And I think after their freshman year, they realize that and their training changes a little bit. But yeah, that freshman year is a tough year for them to get used to the whole team concept and making lineup. Somewhat of a unicorn last year for the season that Jay had on the floor, advancing to the NCAA championships, first team all-conference. That's, that's more of a rarity, I would think. But talk a little bit about, A, the recruiting process with Jay since she's here and we can talk about her in front of her, but also just the kind of freshman campaign she really had last year. Um, I think Jay came in a little burnt out um, with gymnastics. And um, I think the whole team concept, the way we coached, um, she kind of fell in love with gymnastics again. And she just shined because of that. And um, she's a very talented young lady, very talented on all four events. 
and Flora, she's very powerful, and you know, she she pretty much was competing against some of the best in the country at regionals to make it to nationals, and um, she was right in there with her. Actually, when we were at regionals, she tied how many people? It was like six or seven for sure, but the tiebreaker allowed her to be the one to go to nationals. Yeah, and the tiebreaker came down to the head judge, the what score the head judge gave her. So, and we had to wait all the way through the entire competition, not just our session, but the next session to see if Minnesota qualified as a team. If they did, then we knew Jay would be going to nationals. So it was, it was exciting. And Jay, let's talk about that freshman campaign. What were your thoughts coming in with regard to how successful, how often you were going to compete, what your numbers might be, and then looking back on that freshman year now saying, boy, I really accomplished something. Yeah, I definitely, like, I didn't even have very many expectations. You know, I knew that was going to be more enjoyable than club, and it definitely was refreshing to have a new coaching staff and just kind of like a new look on gymnastics. Um, but like I said, that I didn't really have high expectations for myself. You know, making it to regionals was something that I didn't even think possible. And then making it to nationals was just unreal, like such an incredible experience. And, you know, I just owe that to my coaches, you know, believing in me and pushing me to be that person. And also the team as well, like having that team environment so different than club. And I think you're doing it for yourself at that point. Also for the team, but it's more for yourself and, you know, fighting for that spot and lineup. And so I think that definitely all of that helped me get to where I, I was last year. You set the bar pretty high, though. <laughs> you going to be able to up that for this year? Yes. Um, I think, you know, going off of last year, I definitely have some of that experience, and I'll use that to help me. But, you know, I just want to continue having fun and, and doing what I love. You know, that's kind of why I'm doing it in the first place and why I started it, just because I fell in love with gymnastics. So I believe I, if I continue doing that, then, you know, the success will come after that. The Illinois State women's basketball team looks to defend their Missouri Valley Conference Championship in head coach Kristen Gillespie's sixth season. Don't waste any time confirming your seat and head to GoRedbirds.com today to purchase your season tickets starting at just $65. The Illinois State women's basketball team looks to defend their Missouri Valley Conference Championship in head coach Kristen Gillespie's sixth season. Don't waste any time confirming your seat and head to GoRedbirds.com today to purchase your season tickets starting at just $65. And Coach Harrington, it's probably worth mentioning, again, the fact that only two players in school history have ever advanced the NCAA championships. But from a recruiting standpoint, that's a pretty nice feather in the cap when you go after the next couple classes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We kind of joke about who's the third one going to be, you know, who's going to be the next person to make that um, jump to nationals. After Angelica did, she was the first one to make it um, in 2021. And we were like, that that's incredible, but let's, let's not get our hopes up. You know, that's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's probably never going to happen again. And so we kind of, you know, we're a little realistic going into last season saying, you know, Angelica did this, but let's not – you know, think it's going to happen, you know, we have to work for it if we ever want it to happen again. And the fact that it happened in back-to-back -back years with a freshman like Jay is just incredible. And it's definitely goes to say, you know, our program is on the rise and we're doing a lot of great things here at ISU. And Coach, you've won over 100 games in your 17-year tenure. Um, Ten of your athletes have advanced on to regionals throughout your tenure. The training aspect, I think, is something that people aren't probably fully aware of on a yearly basis. And that's one thing that 
some student athletes in certain sports can can go home during the summer months, can go home over the Christmas holiday and do things on their own, not necessarily have the same access that they have here at Horton unless they're going back to their old club. But it's really a 12-month-a-year commitment from a physical standpoint, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, we don't require our athletes to stay here over the summer, but um, we usually have four or five upperclassmen that stay, sometimes more, sometimes less, um, you know, so they do get to train here. But most of them go home. They train in their clubs. If they don't, we know as soon as they get back. <laughs> we know almost immediately if they've been training or not. And, you know, injuries happen when they stop training, and, you know, that's unfortunate. So, you know, we talk to them about staying in shape, make sure they stay in gymnastic shape, that keep their skills fresh. We don't expect them to do full routines in the off-season, but we do expect them to keep their elements good for so when we do start putting routines together they have all their elements and you know training is just different in gymnastics I think we probably have one of the longest pre-seasons that were considered 20 hours a week is the max that you can do I think pretty much in every sport um, and ours starts in September and we don't start competing until January so we have a long preseason, um, but it's needed you know and the gymnasts need it we need it. We need that to polish up routines to get everything back that maybe they weren't doing over the summer. And this this is open to any of the three of you, I think, but it's it's probably definitely worth talking about. There's the physical element of training for this, and then there's the mental aspect, which I think is probably as important, if not more important, due to the fact that <clears throat> you have to will yourself at times, I would think, um, to be able to compete, and more importantly, you could be having a great season, get to a conference championship, a regional, an NCAA championship, and have your worst day, or have fears come in, and at the end of the day, nobody really cares because it only counted on that day, unfortunately. And all that lead up, all the work, all the success – makes it very difficult. So there seems like there's constant pressure that the athletes really have to overcome and fight themselves on a little bit. You know, consistency in gymnastics is the key to, to success. Um, you have six athletes that get up on each of the four events. Um, five of those scores count. So you get to throw a score out, which is, which is great. But, you know, balance beam is an event that's, that's hard to be consistent on. I think we've really improved a lot this year on that so far, so I'm really excited about balance beam for this season. Um, Megan's done a fantastic job. Um, but if your first kid falls, it gets in the heads for the rest of the lineup. And, you know, we had a great season last year until the conference championship. We should have won conference. Um, we all know it. I think everybody expected it. Nothing against the, the um, Texas women's that won. They had a, absolutely a fantastic day, um, and we didn't. We had problems on bars, and we had problems on beam, and put ourselves in a hole that we just couldn't climb out of. So, yeah, consistency is the key. Um, confidence when they walk up, getting ready to go on that apparatus. They need to know that they're going to hit, and it's just – the biggest part of gymnastics really they can do the routines is doing them under pressure that's the key 
Yeah, I definitely agree. And one of the things that I tell them day in and day out of practice is you guys have done this a million times. You guys know you're more than capable of doing it. So just, you know, take things one thing at a time. Like, remember, talk to yourself through your routine. Make sure you know what you're saying and just kind of, you know, go out there and rock it. I kind of tell them to look the judge in the eye before they start and be like, I dare you to take a tenth away from me. (laughs) And just kind of have that almost level of cockiness that's like, watch me do this like watch me go rock this and you know when they do that it's incredible but you can also tell when you know that that little level of doubt kind of creeps in and they're a little rocky or they're a little shaky or things like that but it's just kind of remembering that they've done this routine probably a million times in like Bob said a very very long preseason so just you know it's one more routine and hopefully that they remember that and they have that confidence for that one routine. Jay, are actual kind of checklist routines part of your performance before you undertake a performance, things that you kind of mentally have to check off just to make sure you're grounded going into a performance? Yes, for sure. Um, we all have these things that we call like key keywords or keywords, and I run through my team in my head and kind of visualize myself doing those movements correctly and kind of remembering what my coaches told me, the, the small corrections, and, you know, focusing on what I can do right. Um, you always try to t- stay as positive as you can before you do those routines. And also touching back on the pressure thing, I think that conference was kind of the biggest example of how we let the pressure kind of get to us. And I think a big difference between last season and this season is that we've worked a lot on, like, our mental performance, our mental toughness. And I think that we'll see a big change this season going into that. We've had very a lot of exercises, you know, working on those keywords and making sure that you're staying positive throughout your routine. So I'm really excited what the season has to bring. Speaking of which, the season will kick off first week of January. As a matter of fact, January 8th, you guys are going to be in Kalamazoo to take part in a meet at Western Michigan And it's not a schedule for the faint of heart, I would say, this year, especially going down to the multiplex a little bit later on down in Texas. Yeah, you know, um, I think Western Michigan University is a great first meet for us because they've really had some good seasons the last three seasons and, and been battling as a team to make it in that top 36. So I feel that that's gonna kind of let us know where we're at. Um, especially if they're as, as, as strong as they have been the last three years. Um, of course, we want to win. <laughs> um, but I think it'll be a good first test to see exactly where we need to focus after that and where we are on the national stage. Now, the Metroplex meet down in Fort Worth, um, can't wait for that one. That's going to be very, very exciting. Um, some of the best teams in the country are going to be there. Um, Our session is Utah and Georgia, and both of them obviously are really, really good teams. And um, the night session is going to be incredible because number one, Oklahoma will be in that session. Stanford will be in that session, Alabama and Auburn. Arkansas. Arkansas, sorry, and Arkansas. And all of those are, you know, top 20 teams. So it's going to be exciting for us to be able to stay and watch that level of competition, I think it'll be good for the team. Um, The other key thing about this competition in Fort Worth is that it's on podium, which is raised. And so the feel of it is different because like the floor is a little springier, the vault runway, like your run is a little faster because it's just just a different feel. Bars, everything feels a little bit different. Um, And nationals is always on podium. 
So it's a good experience. Um, obviously, Jay understands that because she competed at nationals on floor, and it's just a different feel um, on podium. So we're very happy, and that's why all these big teams are coming because that it's very rare to have a competition for college on podium. So we're excited about that meeting, excited about our whole entire season. You know, we've got Illinois and Kentucky also that we're competing against. Um, so we've got some really tough teams this year. It's going to be it's going to be exciting. Yeah, and going off what Bob said about competing on podium and at that meet, I think it'll be really great for our team to see that. And I, I got to experience that in nationals, seeing those bigger teams and the energy in the gym is just kind of infectious. Like you want to be like those other teams and you know perform at that level. So I think it'll be really great for the rest of my team to experience that. You know, competing on podium, competing against those bigger teams. So really looking forward to that meet for sure. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You said you guys have one of the longer preseasons of any sport beginning in September and opening day comes January 8th. That's got to be hugely helpful, though, especially for the newcomers and the freshmen to really get acclimated to the college and your program. Oh, absolutely. You know, they're... Gymnasts are different than a lot of other um, sports in the aspect that they put in 25 to 30 hours a week since they're probably like 9 or 10 years old. So they're very disciplined. They know that they don't have a lot of free time, so they get their studies done. They're usually really good students. Um, You know, really the hours kind of drop back for some of them when they come here. Some of them are used to training, you know, between 25 and 30 hours. Now they're doing 20 hours, and that's not all in the gym. You know, some of it is in the weight room and stuff. So it, it is a big change for them. Um, but, yeah, they, they need that long preseason to be prepared, um, not just physically but also mentally. And you talked about the schedule in front of you, but some excitement because all of the home meets are going to be inside Sefcu Arena this coming winter. Yeah, we're very excited about that. You know, last year we only had um, three three home meets, and this year we have five. So we're really excited about that. They're all going to be at Redbird. Um, they're free, so everybody needs to come out um, and support um, ISU Gymnastics. And, um, you know, I, I look at this schedule, and I really like this schedule a lot. I, we have some teams that we are – are probably going to do well against, but we have a lot of teams that it's going to be a really big struggle to, to pull off the win. Um, but in gymnastics, it's, it's all about scoring. So we can go into a season and really not win very many meets, but have maybe the best season possible because our scores are high. So we're trying to hit those nine, eight plus scores on each event for each athlete. And if we can do that, then maybe our team can go to a regional competition. And that's really been a big goal of mine is to get to that point and be in the top 36 in the country. 
And you said there was improvement, especially on the balance beam this year, but how do you stack up with the rest of the MIC? Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I don't really look at it that way. Um, I kind of look at it like, what can we do? Because it's not like you're, you, you can push an opponent off the balance beam. <laughs> it's all about what you're doing. Um, and, you know, we, we tell our athletes when they go into competition not to really pay attention to the other teams. And I think sometimes when you compete against really big teams, it's, especially if there's Olympians or world champions on those teams, um, it makes it difficult for them not to pay attention. It makes it difficult for us not to pay attention because you obviously want to watch that Olympian and stuff. But you're trying to really keep your team focused on themselves in a competition and just perform to the best of their ability and whatever whatever comes out from that you know hopefully we can beat some of these better teams but um it really is just about what we're doing and jay how is the outlook from a player standpoint from a student athlete standpoint going into the season from an excitement point um so i'm so excited for this season i think season is probably the best thing about being a college athlete um you really get to like showcase your skills in front of the larger crowd and kind of what bob was saying about it like gymnastics is such an individual sport and while we're in team in college it's so like on yourself you know you're not relying on someone to pass you the ball or you can't push someone off the beam so you know finding that that strength in yourself and working on those mental um, performance skills and all those things you know to help you perform at your best it's really what I'm excited about. Although I would say four months of preseason practice before I actually competed in a meet probably has everybody excited to <laughs> have the meet start they're probably all done with daily practice routine and Coach Harrington, being from Bloomington Normal, obviously it's a nice opportunity to play inside Sefkew Arena for your home matches, but what are some things that the local community should know as far as an impetus to have them come out and watch some of those five home matches? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things with gymnastics is because it's not a very well-known sport amongst the community, um, just to come and try it out and see for yourself, you know. We always say once someone comes, they're going to come back because they see how electric it is and how much fun it is and how talented our athletes are. And so I think that once they come to one meet, they're definitely going to want to come back to another one. And just to kind of see, you know, what we've put in in all of those four months of preseason and how much hard work, you know, come, come see these student athletes. They will not disappoint you. I guarantee it. And coach, this, as we said, year number 17, from an alumni standpoint, how active is your alumni base? Do they come back physically for meets or is it just the standpoint of they're definitely following via the internet and through emails? Um, more that they're following because, um, you know, obviously we have gymnasts from all over the country and they're kind of spread out all over the place. Um, you know, if they're still around this area, they come to our meets, but most of them, I mean, the closest ones really right now are the Chicago area. Um, we do have a few that come down to our meets from the Chicago area, which is great. But a lot of them are spread out all over the country, you know, and they'd have to fly in to, to come to a competition. Um, you know, I would love for all of them to come back, um, especially at one time. Um, you know, I miss all of them. I've enjoyed working with all of our athletes. and. Um, our alumni meet this year is um, February 17th, so um, I'm hoping that they can all come out and um, visit me and see the new team and um, maybe, you know, be able to hang out for a while. 
Um, they're all, you know, adults now. <laughs> they have kids. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for your time today. I really appreciate that. That's Illinois State Head Gymnastics Coach Bob Conkling, Redbird Assistant Coach Megan Harrington, and sophomore J-Mac, who have joined us for this week's conversation. Redbirds open up the 2023 campaign January 8th up in Kalamazoo when they take on Western Michigan. That'll do it for In the Nest this week for our entire crew. This is John Fitzgerald. We'll talk to you next time right here on In the Nest. This has been In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network.